Can you introduce yourself and tell me what your favorite scholastic character is? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Shalini Ramachandran. I'm an investigative reporter at the Wall Street Journal. And my favorite scholastic character by far is Harry Potter. But I promise I'm not that basic. <laughs> I grew up with those books, and, you know, my bachelorette was at Harry Potter World. Wow, you're a bigger nerd than I thought. (laughs) Scholastic is one of the world's biggest children's book publishing companies. You can find its red label on the backs of all kinds of classics, like The Magic School Bus, The Hunger Games, The Babysitter's Club, Goosebumps, and Clifford the Big Red Dog. The more than 100-year-old company has always been controlled by the Robinson family. That is, until the current CEO, Dick Robinson, unexpectedly died in June. He was 84. So Dick Robinson was walking on a trail in Martha's Vineyard when he died. It was a complete shock. It was unexpected. And it was completely shocking to the family, to the company, to anyone who knew him that he just suddenly died. Another reason it was so shocking was that no one knew what Dick Robinson's death meant for Scholastic. Scholastic is a publicly traded company, and normally, these kinds of businesses have succession plans laid out for years in advance. But Scholastic didn't. No one knew who was next in line. Until Robinson's will surfaced. And the reaction... Everyone is completely shocked. I mean, I remember hearing the words, I'm dumbfounded, I'm in disbelief. One former staffer said, I can't even breathe right now. Dick Robinson didn't give the company to his sons like his father did for him. He didn't give it to his siblings, nor to his ex-wife, who once worked at the company. Instead, his controlling stake in all of his possessions went to someone outside the family. To a woman named Yole Lucchese, Scholastic's chief strategy officer, and his former romantic partner. This is a story that has all the elements. Power, an office romance corporate intrigue, and a sudden death. And Clifford the Big Red Dog. (laughs) And Clifford the Big Red Dog and Harry Potter. (laughs) Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Tuesday, September 7th. Coming up on the show... The succession drama at Scholastic. This episode is brought to you by Natrol. Natrol is America's number one drug-free sleep aid brand, helping you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Natrol melatonin gummies are made with clean ingredients, like 99% pure melatonin, to work with your sleep cycle, helping you sleep better, making the next day your best day. Natrol. Sleep tonight, live tomorrow. Shop now at natrol.com. This product helps with occasional sleeplessness. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent diseases. What's the origin story of Scholastic? Scholastic was started by Dick Robinson's father, Maurice Robinson, and he was known as Robbie to the staffers. And it was started in 1920 when he started publishing a magazine called the Western Pennsylvania Scholastic. It was a classroom magazine business. 
It covered a variety of topics and teachers and school administrators ordered these classroom magazines. And, you know, the original office was like in the sewing room on the second floor of his parents' home in mm. Wilkinsburg, Pennsylvania. But it was a family business. It was always it had this family flair to it. Dick Robinson joined the company as an assistant magazine editor in 1962. By 1975, he took over as CEO. Over the following decades, Scholastic kept growing, not just its classroom magazines business, but also its book publishing arm. Its strategy was to go directly to its core customers, teachers and students. They had book clubs where teachers would pre-order a bunch of books for kids. And then there were book fairs, which typically took place a few times a year at most American elementary schools. Yeah, I remember the scholastic book fairs were like a really big deal when I was in elementary school. I would like I'd look forward to them and my parents would let me pick out a couple books and like they were really exciting. Totally. I mean, I just remember wanting like always a little pocket change for that. And then there'd always be some like giant pencils stuffed with other pencils. And then you'd be like, I really need this. I need this giant pencil. (laughs) (laughs) And I I actually, one book I bought at the Scholastic Book Fairs that I still use and love was this like book about how to draw faces properly. And, you know, I love that book. How often are you drawing faces? (laughs) Well, I really like drawing. But yeah, I mean, now I have a four-year-old, so often. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. As a company, Scholastic's priority has always been its mission. Whenever you talk to Scholastic staffers, they'll talk to you about the mission. It's all about the mission, which mm. is like literacy, education, and like those were sort of the, the North Stars for the company. And that's how the family considered it. Robinson, the CEO, talked a lot about the mission on earnings calls or at events, like back in 2017 at the National Book Award Ceremony. We're an enthusiastic promoter of books and reading, not just as the gateway to academic success, but as a great way to learn more about yourself and who you want to be. And these titles have contributed to the education and learning of children by enlarging their world, helping them think at higher levels. It was more about the literacy and the like academic focused mission than necessarily like growing it dramatically or like having big revenue growth year after year. And you do see that also in the financials. Like the company's market capitalization is roughly the same as it was 20 years ago. So wow. and revenues have been flat for about five full years before the pandemic. Even though Scholastic's revenue has been flat, it could have been acquired by a bigger company, given all its intellectual property. But Robinson never wanted to sell. He was always averse to selling it, even though independent book publishers had, you know, there were a lot of challenges that they faced. And, you know, independent book publishers have been getting snapped up by bigger companies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Dick Robinson held out for a long time because he didn't he didn't want to sell. He wanted to keep it an independent publisher and prize its independence. At its core, the Scholastic business was a family business. Robinson's family owns shares in the company through a trust. His ex-wife was an employee and a board member. And one of his sons remembers roaming the Scholastic building's halls growing up. And back in June, when he died, Robinson was with his ex-wife and one of his sons as he walked through Martha's Vineyard. He was 84. His cause of death is still unknown. So Robinson was a fitness buff. Former staffers say that he worked out often. And in fact, multiple former staffers told us that Dick thought he would live forever. And so when he died, what happened? People just didn't know who was going to take over the company? 
Right. So when he died, it was unclear for weeks who controlled the company because he hadn't named a successor. So that confusion reigned until a few weeks later, when after a back and forth in court, the company finally learned what was in Robinson's will, which was dated December 2018. Shalini and her colleague Jeff Trachtenberg were able to review it. In the will, he names Yole Lucchese the co-executor of his estate, and he calls her, quote, my partner and closest friend. Yole Lucchese wasn't just a partner and a friend, she was also the company's chief strategy officer. Robinson's will gave her the power to vote his Class A shares, and she became executive chair of the board. This effectively gave her Robinson's control of the company. All of which has meant that, for the first time in Scholastic's century-long history, someone outside of the Robinson family would now be in charge of its fate. Why were people so shocked that Lucchese might be in control of the company? Because Dick Robinson was somebody who was so mission-focused and had such a legacy in his family. The, the fact that he had given the power to vote his controlling stake to an outsider, not to a family member like his sons, that was a shock. Did he ever tell anyone about his succession plan? No. In fact, for years, he would deflect questions about who should be his successor. Staffers, executives, board members would ask him about succession planning, and he would constantly put it off. And that's why his will was a total shock to many people, because he had never told even some of his closest confidants and family about the fact that he had thought of Yole as a successor. But it wasn't just the fact that Lucchese took over the company that was such a surprise. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. Tell me more about Yole Lucchese, the woman that Dick Robinson left Scholastic to. Yole rose up through the ranks. She started at the company as an associate editor in book clubs in 1991. And she gained prominence as the co-president of Scholastic's Canada operations. In 2014, Lucchese was named Scholastic's chief strategy officer. Two years later, she was appointed executive vice president of Scholastic, and by 2018, she also became president of Scholastic Entertainment, which licenses Scholastic stories for movies and TV shows. So by all accounts, Yole has been described to us by staffers as a brilliant woman who really shined in meetings, was always pushing Dick to do more 
to invest in digital initiatives, to maybe take more risks. We don't know exactly when Lucchese and Robinson became romantically involved, but... We know that Dick Robinson and Yole had a long running romantic relationship. We're talking years and years and years. This wasn't like a a sudden fling or anything. And, you know, executives in the company say that as she, by 2014, was named chief strategy officer, it was well known inside the company that the two were an item. And what was their dynamic like around the office? They had an at times contentious relationship, but also at times sweet, the staffers would say. You know, it was sort of a rite of passage at the company for employees to suddenly learn after they come on board, they'd be sat down by another staffer, a boss, and be told that, by the way, the CEO is dating Yole. And at times these clashes and meetings sounded pretty personal to some staffers. And, you know, Yole would typically be trying to push him in the direction to take a bit more risks while he was always sounding a more deliberate note. And one form former executive referred to them as the Bickersons. The Bickersons? Yes. As in they're bickering with each other around the office all the time. Yes. And several referred to them as like, you'd sit in meetings and it would feel like mom and dad were arguing. A company spokesperson described these exchanges as professional disagreements over strategy and declined to answer a question on whether Scholastic has a policy about managers dating subordinates. Part of the mystery here is that Robinson and Lucchese actually broke up. We don't know exactly when, or whether it was before or after he wrote the will, which was dated in December of 2018. But by the end of 2019, Robinson had started spending more time with his family, including his ex-wife Helen Benham. So once he passes away, and once it becomes known that Dick Robinson has left control of the company to Yole Lucchese, his former romantic interest, how does his family feel about that? So his family was completely stunned. Some described it as unexpected and shocking. One of his sons described it as salt in an open wound. Miss Benham told us in an email that Dick was spending all of his time with the family, and she, she said, not only weekends, but regular nights with us in Manhattan. He was coming back to the family. Interesting. And so it was a huge, huge shock to his sons and his ex-wife. While Robinson and his sons were growing closer, his sons, one of whom is 25 and the other 34, hadn't spent much time working at the company. Reese Robinson is Dick's younger son, and he has done documentary work and said he had tried to be involved with Scholastic, but he hasn't worked there full time. And he said that he saw himself as an advisor. We quoted him in our story saying, I didn't want to sacrifice my early 20s to work at a corporation. Mm. And Reese's older brother, Ben, operates a sawmill and workshop that produces lumber, flooring, and furniture from trees in Martha's Vineyard. Mm. And he lives off the land. He said, I fish the fish and cull the deer. And he describes himself as a writer and, quote, the poet laureate who hasn't told his story yet. He said that he worked at the Scholastic store as a teenager and dressed up as Clifford the dog for a parade. Ben did say that his father valued his perspective in all matters and that he had discussed with his father more recently a desire to be more involved in the company. And most explicitly, he said, his desire to be a member of the board. But the two sons hadn't really worked at the company as like rising up to the ranks as an editor or as something else. Clearly his two sons didn't have the level of experience that Yole did working there. 
That's right. And that's something that a lot of people close to Dick point out. When he wrote the will in 2018, that was probably one of the things that he was considering, that who would be the best steward for this company in the future and who knows the most about the mission of this company and how it runs and its operations. But part of the salt in the wound might be because it wasn't just the company that Lucchese got. She also inherited all of Robinson's personal possessions. Dick Robinson also gave Yole all his personal property and the sole discretion over whether she should give any of that to his sons. The quote is, with the request but not the direction that she hand out items as she believes to be in accordance with my wishes. Wow. So basically in the will, Robinson didn't give his sons any of his personal property or anything related to control of the company. Hmm. So it's not just the company, it's also the money. It's also, yeah, the everything he had. For instance, if his sons want an old family photograph from his house, they would have to ask Yoli for it. So I think there's a lot of hurt because of that. But I think there's also a sense in the family that of shock that he decided to give the future of the company and its strategic direction to an outsider and trusts an outsider more than either of his sons or his siblings, who have long been significant shareholders in the company. In any case, unless another will gets discovered, which is pretty unlikely at this point, this is what the Robinson family is working with. Mary Sue Robinson Morrill, one of Robinson's sisters, said in a written statement that she and her siblings agree that, quote, our first goal is the continuation of the mission and legacy of Scholastic, and that, quote, we are confident that the new management of the company is fully committed to this goal. Shalini and her colleague Jeff Trachtenberg reached out to Lucchese, but she declined to comment. But Shalini says the Robinson family had spoken with Lucchese about the will. One son, Reese, said, quote, We expect to have a collaborative approach with the estate, and what they want most is, quote, an amicable outcome. What could happen next, though, is anyone's guess. Some people who work closely with Lucchese say she lives and breathes scholastic, just as Robinson did. Others say that now that control has shifted outside the family, maybe it opens up Scholastic for a possible acquisition. Why would Scholastic be an attractive acquisition target? The benefit of Scholastic is, you know, if Scholastic is sold, then the buyer of it will have more market share. But it's also very attractive because it, you know, has these major titles that it's still considered somewhat of a tastemaker in the children's book publishing industry. I mean, it's had some of the greatest hits. I think that's like some of the main reasons it would be considered attractive. What does this situation say about corporate succession planning, especially at family-controlled companies? The lesson is that for board members, it's pretty important to push people, even if they are a controlling shareholder, and and even if it is family-controlled, it's pretty important to push the CEO to make a clear succession plan and have plans in place so the company isn't sort of taken by surprise and that staffers know who's going to be in charge next. And also it makes it easier for the successor because now instead Yole has to kind of suddenly jump into this as opposed to it having been a slow and gradual succession handoff. That's all for today, Tuesday, September 7th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. A quick note, this episode has been updated to correct the pronunciation of Yole Lucchese. Sorry for the error. Additional reporting in this episode by Jeffrey Trackenberg. 
Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.